In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. If you've hung around Christ Church long enough, you've heard me extol the virtues of and bemoan the limitations of the unique gift that is the Revised Common Lectionary. A benefit which we see this morning is how the lessons of the Old and New Testaments can expand on the themes of our gospel lesson. Jonah's second calling helps us to better understand Jesus' calling of Simon, Andrew, James, and John. One of my chief complaints of any lectionary system, though, is how the lessons, especially from the Hebrew Bible, tend to be one-off week by week. We'll drop into Judges for a week and then off to Genesis, maybe two weeks in Exodus, and then, like today, we're plopped into the middle of Jonah for no good reason. Over the course of a three-year cycle of 156 Sundays, Jonah is appointed a whopping two times. In total, we get the opportunity to read about a third of the whole book, which is only four chapters long. This pet peeve of mine came to mind this week as I opened up the readings for today and saw these words. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Did you catch that earlier? Did it leave you wondering, what about the first time? I know the story, and I still scratched my head on Monday and thought, what an odd place to start this passage. If the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, that implies that there was a first time. And it further suggests that there was a pretty good story associated with it. Jonah, as I'm sure many of you know, does not disappoint. The word of the Lord came to Jonah the first time in chapter 1, verse 1. The Lord told Jonah to go to Nineveh, that great city, and proclaim judgment upon it. Nineveh was the capital city of Assyria, which was Israel's greatest enemy at the time. I think Jonah quickly realized that there were two possible outcomes to going to that great city to proclaim judgment upon it. Either the people of Nineveh would hear his word, get angry, and kill him, or the people of Nineveh would hear his word and repent, and his fellow Israelites would get angry and kill him. Neither one seems like an ideal option, and so Jonah chose plan C. He ran to Joppa, where he found a boat that had recently sailed from Tarshish, and he hired the whole ship and its crew to turn around and take him in the exact opposite direction of God's calling. Now, if you believe that God is the God of the universe, which Jonah did, you will probably discern pretty quickly that you can't flee from the presence of God. It didn't take long for God to appoint a great storm on the Mediterranean, a storm so strong that it threatened to tear the boat apart. While Jonah slept down in the hold, irrationally confident of his plan to escape from God's presence, 
The men he had hired cried out each to their own God and threw everything they could overboard in order to keep the ship from sinking. Finally, one of them ran down, woke Jonah up and said, call your God. Maybe your God will be kind to us and keep us from perishing. Then they cast lots to see upon whom the blame for the storm would fall and it fell on Jonah, of course, and he confessed that he had hired them to run away from his God, the God of heaven, who created the land and the sea, and they were terrified. Jonah knew what they had to do, so they threw him overboard, and immediately the storm stopped and the deckhands praised Jonah's God, and a giant fish came and swallowed up Jonah. Told you, it's a good story. For three days, Jonah lived in the belly of that fish until Jonah prayed to God and thanked him for saving his life and promised to worship God and to follow God's calling. And so the fish spit Jonah up onto dry land. And the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go at once to Nineveh, that great city, and proclaim to it what I tell you. Contrary to the stories of Andrew and Peter and James and John, the story of Jonah is the story of a reluctant follower. Perhaps it's a story with which you can relate. I think both of us have parts of both within us. You want me to donate rice to Meals Inc., Lord? Sure, I'd love to. You want me to invite my new neighbor to church, Lord? I don't really want to impose on someone, maybe, maybe next week. Sometimes, even when we agree to follow God's call, there's a part of us that still really doesn't want to do it, and so we might, like Jonah, not quite give our best effort. Jonah had learned his lesson, and so he hightailed it to Nineveh, but he, he was not happy about it. Nineveh, we're told, is an enormously large city, so big it would take three days to walk across it. If you think about that, it is absurdly large. The average walking pace for a healthy adult is about three miles an hour. Let's say a day's worth of walking is six hours, so that's 18 18 miles in a day, 54 miles in a three days walk. That's enormous. Absurdly big. New York City is 17 miles at its widest. That makes Nineveh three New York cities large. Makes it more than one and a half Houston's big. The Jewish study Bible says that Nineveh is an impossibly large city for the ancient world. Still, the story goes that in order to fulfill his calling, Jonah walked a day's journey into Nineveh. And then with all the gusto of a shy first grader, he mumbled out, 40 days more and Nineveh will be overthrown. (laughs) And then he turned around and walked away. He did his job. To his credit, he did his job. Now what follows is nothing short of a miracle. The few people that heard Jonah believed him. And they told their friends, who told their friends, who eventually told the king of Assyria, And the entire city repented 
put on sackcloth and ashes and fasted. The lazy word of an exceedingly reluctant prophet turned the entire impossibly large city of Nineveh away from their evil ways and toward God. And Jonah is just one in a long line of flawed human beings whom God has used to do amazing things. Noah was a drunk. Moses had a temper. David was a sexual predator. Jonah was as stubborn as a mule. Peter was impetuous. Thomas doubted. And James and John were prideful. All along the way, God has used human beings who sin, who get hangry, who make mistakes, who don't drink enough water to build the kingdom of God here on earth. God even used the flaws in the lectionary to bring us this lesson today. And God's desire is to use you and me to continue the work of building the kingdom. As we gather this morning for our annual meeting and to look forward to our 180th year of ministry in this community, we pray that even when we don't readily or effectively answer the call of our Savior to proclaim to all people the good news of God in Christ, the Spirit might use us anyway and always to the glory of God. Amen.